Happy Wednesday, everybody. Welcome to episode number 25 of Mommy Group. Hello, you know, it's everyone. funny. It's episode 25, and it's almost like we had a quarter of a century life crisis as Mommy Group hosts. <laughs> You're so right, because this no, episode serious. is deep. This episode is deep. I think all the feels are here. We get a little a little emotional or leap. Yeah. <clears throat> oh, you shocker. guys have the leap app when you um when your kids were little and you can you look at the chart and it's like, okay, your kid's going through a leap. There's a thunderstorm coming. Yeah. That's kind of like how we're all feeling in our life right now. Yeah, transitions, priorities. Leaps, it's growing a big one. pains, and yeah. there are some. What's interesting is we talk about some challenges that, while they're happening for our kids, or transitions that are happening for our kids, that the challenges are actually for us and not for them. They're just kind of breezing right through it, and we're here on the sidelines, going like, "What the hell?" So it's a great conversation, and we want all of your thoughts and advice. So please engage with us on them. Screenshot this episode if at any moment you love it, and please share it with a friend. It'll really help us grow. Let's get into it. So I was reading this article, it's on The Cut, and it was about Renee Zellweger. And I don't know if you guys like remember, I don't know how many years ago it was now, but she was seen on like the red carpet and she looked completely different. She had gotten some work done and she she actually looked, I thought, like Robin Wright Penn. She yeah, looked like a totally different person. Yeah, I think did. it was like within the last two years. Yeah, it was short, yeah, right? It yeah. was it was recent. So um so anyway, they do she did this interview and in the interview, she's kind of talking about that experience and how difficult that experience was. And it was public humiliation. And she sort of felt like she needed to disappear because she was getting caught up in all of the ways that she thought that she needed to look, the way she needed to age. Like There was no space for her to just be herself. Um, she didn't feel. And so she wrote, one day around this time, she ran into her friend Selma Hayek in an airport. She shared this beautiful metaphor, analogy, the rose doesn't bloom all year, unless it's plastic. She levels me with a look, I got it. Because what does that mean? It means that you have to fake that you're okay to go on and do this next thing. And you probably need to stop right now. But this creative opportunity is so exciting and it's once in a lifetime and you'll regret not doing it. But actually, no, you should collect yourself and you know rest. And I just thought the idea of comparing yourself to a rose, that the most one of the most universally beautiful things that we all admire and enjoy and appreciate does not bloom year round. Yeah. And it needs its time to go into itself, to get the nutrients and the resources and the rest. Like it needs everything mm -hmm. it needs and then it has its season again. And then it goes back down in that. We expect for ourselves to constantly be like blooming that for in our work, yeah. we're constantly on our A game, doing our best, looking our best, performing to the best level in our relationships with our husbands. Oh my God, sending the thank you card, having yes. the dinner fixed. You're always on. Yeah, always. You're it's blooming, you're perfect all the time. And there's no space in any category, motherhood, husband and wife, work, any of it, to shut down. It, I mean, that resonates with me so much. And I didn't even read this article at all. So this yeah. is my first time hearing about it. And I just... You're so right. And I mean, I always bring it back to social media because I just feel like we are such a social media heavy yeah. generation. But gosh, I think about like, we were talking about this early a while ago, like yeah. a minute ago. I just, I'm off my game this week, especially like Struggling. I'm not feeling it. Mm -hmm. I don't want to post as much. I'm not into stories. Like I just it don't could feel just like be sharing like a my creative life. season. Right. You know, just like you're not really feeling inspired or, or creative. I feel like I feel like also for me, I, I admire those that can really use that platform as a vehicle that is strictly just professional and like they're just put spouting out work, 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 work. For me, it is a little bit more personal. I like to be authentic with my yes. voice. And if I don't feel it, I just don't feel it, you know? And so I do vibe off of my energy and those around me. And and I think that that like I mean, that's huge. Like Go Salma Hayek because that's yeah, such a great metaphor mm -hmm. around like, it's true, like you do need that rest and 
you know, you need to restore yourself. It also energy. goes back to like when you're flying and the they, you know, they're going over the safety briefing. You have first. to put the oxygen mask on yourself before you can help anyone else. Well, I mean, I I, oh. I think it's interesting though too. Like, you know, we talk a lot about priorities and like yeah. how we're always there for, especially when you're starting a family, how you need to start putting the idea is you put everyone else before yourself, right? Yeah. And then when you start practicing that, it becomes very almost, I don't want to say daunting. It's not a daunting, it's an amazing task and it's an amazing I think it's daunting. Obligation. Yeah, okay. Shocker. Oh my God. I Shocker. already have anxiety at the day that I have to make lunches every right. night. And then oh, Mr. Yeah. A said, that's going to be my job. I can't <laughs> wait to do it. Well, good for you. I but mean, yeah, just the habitual busyness of life can yes. just well, suck your energy. And I think I'm in a little... I, so there's that aspect of it. I started, I was talking to one of my girlfriends the other week and she brought up this whole theory of the sandwich generation, which I had never heard about. No, so I never heard of that. So basically it's when we're in this generation where you see a lot more of adults taking care of not only children that are young, but also yeah. their parents that are getting older, which, you know, to me, especially, and I don't know if it's just cultural or what, but like for me, it, we've always lived in a, in a, in a way where my grandparents started living with us when we were eight or nine because that was just, that was it, you know? They moved from India and everyone takes care yeah. of everyone and they would go to like different kids' houses or whatnot. And I was just thinking about it, I was like, gosh, my parents, my in-laws, everyone's starting to get older. And I think it's why we set up our lives the way we did where like mm -hmm. us and all our siblings live kind of close to each other. So that way we have that flexibility to, you're taking care of mom and dad now and you're taking care yeah. of mom and dad. But the crazy part about it is like, prioritizing family I've just always in my head I've always known that I'm going to take care of my parents and the, my in-laws but it's just a different feat you know what I mean like it's yeah. not like okay go put your homework away do your oh, homework yeah. go take a shower now it's, it's like it's gotta be emotionally draining it is it's it's a it's yeah, it is. It's like a new chapter of your life. It's also a huge shifting of the dynamic and the res the roles that you guys yes. play. Like all of a sudden, you're not defaulting to child and where they default to parent and there's a dynamic there that everyone knows and functions within. Now the dynamic is switching a little bit. They might be holding on to some of that, but you're taking on so many of the parent responsibilities that it's like a tug of war yeah. a little bit between those responsibilities where you're like, let me help you because you need me. To that's why you're here, you know. But they're like, I'm fine. I'm, you know, yeah. Not to say that that's your dynamic, but I think that that's no, one of the struggles when, when people move into that sort of phase of life. Yeah, and it's like also putting yourself in other people's shoes. It's all perspective again, right? Yeah. It's like you, you're talking about people who like immigrated from another country with nothing, mm -hmm. made their families the way they are for, you know. And it's like it's almost so prideful to have that, and like they don't want to let that go. And yep. it's almost where it's like, no, 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 you're you're not making the decisions now. Mom and dad, you gotta just listen to us. Mm -hmm. We're gonna make them for you. I'm in denial. My dad will be 79 this year. Wow, but he also just retired in January. So, and the guy that still works amazing. out every day and goes running and stuff. And he's so healthy. And the joke is that you know he's gonna live forever. My mom's the one that's gonna peace out early. But he says, <laughs> well, that actually brings up another topic, which is interesting to me because, like, we talk about that a lot in our family and my parents, especially. You know, we, they joke about it, like, oh, well, I just want to go first because if I don't. Like, I don't know how I'm going to live with myself. Mm. And I, it's like one of those things that comes up too. It's like, we never really think about the ending. We always think about the beginning and like the nurturing stages, right? So yeah. I think that's why like entering this kind of stage where like starting to take care of elderly, it's like, it's just, it's crazy. And like, I even, I think it's bizarre even calling my parents elderly because now- It's also such a change in life. Like I remember, you know, when my grandparents passed away, 
you know, and that was such a pivotal time, like, oh my gosh, now my grandparents aren't here. And I have friends who have lost their parents and there's just something so scary about all of it, about all of these different chapters and phases and stages because there's so much unknown. Yeah. And it's challenging on everyone and no one really knows anything. So I have a question back to the article with Renee. Like, as far as, what was the takeaway from that though, as far as like... I mean, she talks a lot about how like, she was pushing it on all levels and she was sort of not... She was focused so much on the public persona that that there were these tiny crumbs, these 1% crumbs left of her that were the real her because all of the energy was being focused on the outward and that there was no time to go into herself. And that's what like, she took like six years off from acting to take that time to go into herself, to find herself. She's like, she said something really cool. She's like, there needs to be space for the creative ideas to actually get in. And I think that that's not only for people who have a creative job or a creative career, but also just people in general. Like we're human beings. We have very strong imaginations. That's why we can create anxiety so easily. We can imagine the worst. Mm -hmm. We have really strong imaginations. And it's healthy. It's a healthy exercise to be creative in your space, even in the the simplest of tasks, even in the making of the lunch and even in the cleaning the house and even in picking the new drapes and doing things in your life that creative ideas and freshness and newness that comes from your own mind is important. And so when you're so overloaded, she talks about this idea that like things start falling out the back of the file cabinet. It's so overloaded that things start falling out the back. She's like, and that's how it was. It was like things were just falling out the back. I mean, I couldn't even keep everything in. So I just found the entire article to be really fascinating. There's, she's so open and honest yeah. about all of her challenges. She says that her 30s, which is really when her career, that was Jerry Maguire, and her career really exploded, that mm-hmm. she's like, it was a blur. I don't remember any of it. Wow. She's like, it's awful. Like, it was the probably the most magnificent time if you look at it from the outside. And she's like, it, I, it, I, I don't remember a damn thing. I wonder if also she was focused on the future, too. Which, which you and I have admitted, Orly, <sighs> that we're doing in our profession, just yep. constantly chasing, 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 and not really being in the present. And we talked about this a couple episodes ago when it comes to family life. Like, these are the days. You know, yeah. these are the days. And instead, we keep thinking of the future and chasing and running. And it's like, no, no, no. Like, life is such a gift. We have no idea where we're going to be tomorrow. We have no idea where our family's going to be tomorrow. Um, but and you had this moment in bed yeah. last night. <clears throat> yeah. So I was telling the girls when we first got here to record that my husband started a new job. And he's just been, you know acclimating to all of the newness and and the stress that goes with I was curious where it was oh there it is oh Oh, guys I'm sorry I just parked the like recording and I'm like oh my god we haven't been recording this whole time just kidding keep going Chris got a new job I just looked over at Orly's computer I'm like what what's happening Uh, sorry the joys of bootlegged podcasts yes this is this is all done very mellow for the time being and so Mr. A has just been you know really focused on work and I've been focused a lot on little Sunny. And then we were laying there thinking about all the funny things that Millie did tonight. And if you guys follow me on Instagram, she is so obsessed with her scooter. She is so independent. She, her vocabulary has grown. She's physically grown. And we were trying to lay in bed thinking, trying to think of all these inside jokes that we used to have with Millie and all the things that we would quote about her. And we couldn't think of any of them. Like we couldn't think of any of these little isms that she would do because they're gone. And now she's a different person. And we both got really emotional about it. We just started thinking like, wow, okay, Sonny is halfway through the newborn stage. Like two months after that, he's already going to be eating solids. And Millie is like almost a grown up. I mean, we just really went down this rabbit hole of having 
all of these thoughts about, oh my gosh, we're missing everything and why is work so important when it isn't important and what's important is us. And we really had to like reset and talk about like, okay, we need to like worrying about things or stressing about little things work related. We're not going to remember that year from now. We're going to remember these glorious moments that we're having with our kids. And yeah. uh, you were the one who said it in a few episodes yeah. ago about like, you know, is it going to matter in five minutes or five days? Yeah, you know, yeah. and that was a great piece of advice that I take because a lot of times people say if in five years is going to matter. And that's hard because when you're talking about something related to your kids or your family's yeah. well-being, five years is a long time. But when you actually do put it in perspective and it's like, is this going to matter mm-hmm. in five hours? You know, yeah. I think it makes sense. I mean, it, it reminds me of like that story that's gone viral with the essays that the that tech mogul mm-hmm. and yeah. his wife, his doctor wife, kind of um, wrote about recently about their son who died in his sleep, his eight-year-old. And the one thing that like I think about, it's so interesting because me and my husband have this conversation all the time. He's like, my he grew up with his dad working his butt off, I was going to say bottom, <laughs> his butt off in his you know, 30s and early 40s so that they could be set up really well and live a great life and mm-hmm. and obviously provide for their kids. And my husband, Viral, always asks me, he's like, am I doing the right thing? Like, am, is it smart that I am working excessively and pushing myself to yeah. this because in the next five years, my hope is that I do set our family up in a way that yeah, we so- can enjoy life. But it's exactly, you know, it's like this tug of war where then you see, and, and I think he does a very good job, as good as he can in terms of like, if he has a one-day trip, he's going to make it a one-day trip, yeah. and he will be back on that first flight. Versus, like, you know, it's I like, think, do you take that complacent job? Well, I and think live one like- of the struggles is that as human beings, not everybody, and some people are more intense in this aspect than others, but as human beings, we're like competitive in nature, and so you set a goal for yourself and you reach that goal, and the goal gets pushed because you challenge yourself and you push yourself and you are you know, whether intentionally or not, kind of competitive to the person next to you, you want that opportunity over them because it's validation of your hard work and it's, we're just competitive beings. And so I think that sometimes it's hard. You have to make these really clear, like by the age, yada, yada, when the bank is yada, yada, I walk away. Because otherwise it's like, you get the you get the nicer house, and now the money you thought was enough isn't enough, and now you put the kids in a better school, and now the money you thought was enough isn't enough, and you kind of keep pushing the bar. And so, I think it's hard to like, well, I'm gonna just work, 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 and then chill. So how then do you're you like, now what? How do you check yourself? Like you personally, how do you feel like you and Mike check yourselves? Because that that you're right. It's like yeah. it's that whole battle. It's a vicious cycle of keeping up with the Joneses, yeah. and it's your own version of the Joneses, right? That can yeah. Be, professionally, personally, whatever it is. But no, I mean, exactly. Like right now where we bought our house is in a really bad school district. So we needed to have the kids going to a private school because our school wasn't, wasn't sufficient in even anywhere close to sufficient. And in our mind, we keep thinking, okay, when we get to X place financially, we'll move to this town. Well, that town is going to, the house is going to be 40 or 50% more money. So Yes, we're not paying for the private school anymore, but it's going into the home. And so we can't stop working even though, wow, we're making all this more money. No, it's going into something different, a different value, right? So I think it's hard and I don't know that I check myself. I mean, I don't. I think, you know, we've been talking about it today. Like I'm going through some, we're all three in like an interesting phase right now. But like, I feel like I'm really going through a transition and I can like feel myself in the thick of it. And it's hard because... I feel like when you're in the eye of the, like, like you can't see out of it. And I feel like that right now. Like, I yeah. feel like I'm really in the thick of it. Like, 
and I can't see out and in a year from now or six months from now or whenever I start coming on the other side of it, I'm going to gain some perspective on what it all was. But I just... I'm like I think a lot of it is about finding the trigger that will snap you out of it. Well, and that that actually brings up a great point, Brandy, because mm-hmm. Orly, you had mentioned that you were listening to something, and I loved what you had said about which um, about how like you have to hit rock bottom to trigger. Uh, yeah, there's this girl that I really want us to have on the podcast. Um, her name's Lacey Phillips, and she has a podcast called Expanded, and she's basically like a does like manifestation. And one of the things that she talks about is when you're really trying to manifest more money and manifest financial like abundance, basically, is that you you essentially have to like hit rock bottom financially, and because it's like the universe is testing you. It's basically testing whether or not you really believe that all of this money and this financial abundance is coming your way. Because if you don't believe it. You're not free to give away money to friends. You're not free to quit that job because you need that money. You're not free to make the choices that someone would make if they were fully confident and had the belief that it was all coming their way. Like if I knew hands down that in a year from now, I was going to get the dream this, the dream that, I would quit. I would do, I would quit anything that didn't serve me today because I know, but I, how would anybody, I literally but know how it's would coming. anybody in real life ever know that? Right? There is, it's you have to believe in right, yourself, you right? The it. point is you have to believe it so fully in your subconscious, in your in the forefront of your mind, in the back of your mind. You have to believe in it so fully that you act as though it's happening. And then it happens. So it's not just saying over and over again, putting on a, you know, a sticky board in your bedroom, a picture of a pretty house. It's believing it so fully that you actually act that way. Yeah. And that's the thing that's hard is it's like, you do come from, especially when you have a family and you have kids and we have mortgages and we like, how do you do that? You become less risk averse. I mean, yeah, you you become more risk averse, right? Like you're not willing to necessarily take those challenges and take on those risks that you otherwise would have before children. No, it's crazy. I know it's an interesting, it's crazy. And it's interesting, like the transitions, the priorities that come in, like, and what you feel and we again we were talking about this a lot before which is like what you feel is your own problem and your own burdens that you yes. then like is it mine do i put that on my kids then yeah yeah there's i've been like strong brandy is like down the hall with i'm gonna with, go relieve her you start talking and i'll get brandy back in here okay um yeah this is well this is how we do this it because we we're all it. we're all you know Working mamas. Mama. So I've been going through this weird thing lately because of the new school. So basically, the kids started at this school. It is a private school, and it is a Catholic private school. I'm Jewish, but I'm not super religious at all. Mike's but, Catholic. Mike's Catholic. But the religion that I am familiar with is Judaism. I was raised in that, and but we're not super religious. There's a lot for me to unpack about the school and about the experience the kids are having at the school. And the thing, I, Mike and I had a date the other night and I started like crying at the bar. Shocker, I was crying. <laughs> and I was like, it's really tough because I actually feel like right now, like I'm being tested because all of the, the sort of hangups and the issues that I have, I know are about me and I know it's not about the kids because none of it's bad stuff. Like one of the things is, we talked about like the uniform. To me, Clothes are more than clothes. They are a huge part of how you express your personality, a huge part of how you show who you are to the world, how you take ownership on the different parts of your personality that people don't know right away. That's how I view clothing. I know a lot of people 
don't like it. It stresses them out. They don't enjoy it. They couldn't give two shits, whatever it is. To me, it matters. It's important. And it is very much a part of my personality. So the kids are like that. As like, I look down at my very basic outfit that I've owned since I was shut like, up. But still, no, no, but I mean, but that's that that actually inspires me because I wake up and I'm like, oh my god, what feels comfortable? Or I don't know, mine's so yeah. much about comfort yeah. that sometimes I'm like, oh yeah, this is the way that I'm project. Like this is how I'm showing people how I look. I don't know. I mean, I sometimes yeah. I do think, oh wait a second, I should care more. And I don't know that anyone else cares. It just gives me confidence that I feel like, like to me, like I always think when I think about my style, I balance like these three sort of aspects of my personality. Like I like to feel laid back and relaxed. I like to have a little bit of edge and I like to feel sexy. Mm -hmm. If I have really sexy hair and makeup, my outfit is like a tomboy because I want to show both sides. I need the balance. If I barely have any hair and makeup on, then I'm wearing kind of a sexy outfit. Like I feel like I need to check off all three to fully feel like myself in the day Mm -hmm. and and it is how I present myself and it gives me a lot of comfort and a lot of confidence and the kids I see that like Connor will wear like the funniest crazy outfits basketball he needs everything to match he wants red socks to go with a red jersey to go with red sneakers with a red headband and he comes out of his room and he's so excited and Blake puts on like 75 patterns and rain boots (laughs) and different shoes can I say though is that kind of like though when you're at work like not in obviously they're so little so they should not have those boundaries but it's almost like when we're at work if you are in a place of work where you have to be like business casual and there are certain totally. codes mm-hmm. you know it's kind of like that and then on the weekends you let him express himself the way he is yes you know yes I, and that's what I'm it. saying like yeah. they don't care like they're little kids like they love getting dressed up they love whatever but they're putting on a uniform and they don't care I like to be my own person so where does so, this issue like like let's just dissect so they go to private school they have to wear a uniform but you're like you you can't get over every day seeing and it's also how expensive it is right no yeah it's expensive which is annoying it's like you know whatever it's not again it just bothers me Mm -hmm. but it bothers me it doesn't bother them it's not about them i don't want to look like anybody else Mm -hmm. so to me the idea that i'm gonna look like everybody else is anxiety inducing. I'm my own person. Their I have face my own. Does not look like anyone else. No, but like that's what I'm saying. Like it is. It is a thing that is my thing. Mm-hmm. Totally my thing, not their thing. It is one of other things. I also am not, which we talked about in my interview a little bit. I do not do well in group thinking. I've never been a part of a group. Like I, there was always that big group of girls at school, and th- it probably came from that. Like they were always mean. There were never a group of nice girls. It was a group of assholes. Mm -hmm. They were mean, they were not nice, and whichever person was sort of leading the pack, everyone joined in that thought, and they didn't have their own individual thoughts. So group thinking makes me uncomfortable. I like people to be their own people, to think their own way, and this is very much about, and it's in a beautiful way, we are a community. These are our ways of thinking. These are our ways of being. If you are going to be here, this is the way that you will behave and act and speak and walk. And, t- and like, I'm like, fuck that. Like, yeah. I don't like that. Like, no, Wait, okay. don't tell me how to be. Okay. Don't tell me. Right. But that's me. So what it's if, a beautiful experience for them. So they're have having this like ideal. Like, either of them? Like, no, no, they're so little, no, right? no, no, no. Are you and this is my shit. Yeah. This isn't theirs. Like, that's what I'm saying is it's like. All of the, even the religion, I don't deal well in organized religion. I am spiritual. I have my thoughts about God, but they're my thoughts and they don't fit in to any book I've read. And so now I was raised Jewish. Kids are coming home and saying, you know, the, 
whatever it's the, mo- yeah. the mother, the son, the yeah. what's yeah. the thing? The Holy Father, Spirit. Son, Holy Spirit. Thank you. They're doing they're it. They're doing and the sign of the crossing cross. It and, they're doing the blessing. And I'm trying to be really supportive and be like, that's so great. And, yeah. Show dad. He's going to get it. Like I, But I don't want to infect them with all of the issues that I have around this. The school requires a tremendous amount of volunteering. You've got two, you've got a lot of working parents. Like, give everyone a break. Like, yeah, this is something that my sister's had issues with. And and what's crazy is her kids go to a public school. Yeah. And she calls me and she's like, okay, we had this meeting that we had to go to from six to eight. Now we have a science fair meeting. None of them you can bring your kids to. No, you yeah. need a babysitter. Same. You're paying a babysitter and you're paying for the private school. And if this you don't do the hours, you pay for the hours. Homeschool, homeschool. I keep saying it. I'm, I'm yeah. like, are you going to homeschool? No, my. Mr. A would never let me because oh, I, I would like, probably go crazy. Yeah, but I was like, wow. God, there's something so beautiful about homeschooling. Going to the zoo? I don't this know. This is your science homework. We're going to go to the zoo I and learn about giraffes. I don't homeschooling at all appealing whatsoever. <laughs> no, that to I me could never do is it. like, you talk about anxiety induced? I'm like, no. That and this is, is the thing. Like, I want to clarify. Like, it is a beautiful place. The teachers, the staff is, I mean, it's an incredible place. But it just triggers in me a lot of things that have become part of who I am. And so it's a struggle for me to realize that it's almost like, and I feel like Mike has had to work basically every single day since school started. So I've been on my own completely, completely from like back to school night to orientations, to getting the uniforms, to drop offs, to like everything. Mike doesn't even know where the, how to get into the school. Like he has, he's literally not been able to do anything. And I was telling Mike when we were at the bar and I was saying, I actually feel like this is happening for me. This is a challenge that's, it's supposed to teach so me something about myself. You can all of these issues. Because this is something, like clearly, like the way that it makes me feel, something's happening and it is something for, it's a lesson that I have to like push through. And I was like, even the fact that you haven't been around is like by design. Because if you were around, you could have alleviated some of the pressure. It wouldn't have been so hard. I could have relied on you, but it wasn't. It was all on me. And every time that they didn't have enough paperwork, it was like, mommy didn't do her paperwork. And it triggered something in me, like get off my back, you know, like, but there was no dad to let, help. Let me just pause and applaud you for being a single parent right now. Oh, God. Like, what you're doing is what a lot of you guys listening do every day, day in and day out. And yeah. I am I just want to say, this is Brandy, I could never do that. I just couldn't. Yeah. yeah. Like, you are doing so much of this on your own. And even this last point that you made, that there's not even someone else that you can bounce things off or just alleviate for a second the thoughts, the all these grown-up responsibilities is is insane and also to i mean i think and that's we talk about this a lot too about you know i feel like a single parent sometimes physically because my husband can't physically be there but emotionally he's always there supporting and when he is present he's 100 percent there but i can't again it's like not having that bounce that sounding board to bounce these thoughts off of like it's it's really and i also feel badly because i don't want to when i vent i don't want it's ever be projected onto the kids? Uh, yeah, yeah. I don't. I really don't want it to be projected onto the kids. And I also think that Mike, it, it almost he feels like I like blame him mm-hmm. because like he's the Catholic one who went to Catholic school and that's where they're going. And he knew I didn't want. I wanted them to go to public, but we didn't have that option or whatever. Like so, it's almost like by me bitching, it's like it's like I'm mad at him or something. Mm-hmm. And and we both know that I think that's it's natural not for him to case. feel that way. I though. do too. Yeah. I do too. I, I see it entirely. But it was funny, like I was complaining about the uniforms when we were in Big Bear and Mike pulled me aside and he's like, you gotta cool it a little bit with the uniform talk. Like Connor's gonna hear you. Mm-hmm. He's, gotta, yeah. he's gotta be wearing that and get excited about that. And I went up to Mike afterwards, like later that evening and I was just like, I just wanna thank you for saying it to me because it's yeah. all my own shit. And it I, was like, because I didn't have a reason not to say it, 
I was just saying it. Wait, can I ask but you But, like, question? he gave me the reason in to the, shut up. In the moment when he actually pulled you aside, yeah. were you defensive? Or no. were you, okay. No, 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 no. He was right, and yeah. I knew it. It was like, you know when you need someone to call yeah. you out? You're like, I'm going to spiral for a minute. Someone stop me. Someone, like, anyone. And I was like, in that moment, I was just like. Oh, my God. I just saw <laughs> little Blake in you right yeah, now. I, I just saw Blake your daughter you. in you. Okay, I, I'm just going to give a little unsolicited yes. advice. No, this is I think solicited. You're venting. I think you're venting. This is solicited. I think you need to bullet point the issues that you're having. Like everything you just said, you need to write out. Yeah. And the ones that are in your control, you need to address. But the ones that aren't like uniforms, Monday through Friday, yeah. that is a reality. You have to let it go. Yeah. You have to yeah. let it go and you need to not think about it and you need to focus on like that is part of this decision that you made as a family yes. unit and you have to let it go. The, um, the religion aspect of it, I think that's a big thing. Yeah. I mean, I'm putting myself in your shoes. I'm Catholic. If I married someone that was Buddhist or whatever, I mean, I would just feel so, um, I just wouldn't be able to connect with that. You know, what yeah. if my kids who I birthed and are, are my family are, are saying things that I just don't even understand or know, yeah. that would like cause a little disharmony. In I the have home. an interesting viewpoint on that just because I grew up Hindu, like with my parents, you know, were are Hindu and we grew up that way. But we were always very, we were taught, like my brother went to Jewish preschool because uh, it was the best education versus the public options we had. <clears throat> I was asked by my dad actually to go to all different types of Sunday schools. Like I graduated from Christian Sunday school, Catholic Sunday That's school. Cool. And he always was like, God has one face, but we all view him differently, right? So he was like, understand it all. And obviously it wasn't Monday through Friday. It wasn't, it wasn't being taught to me every single day. But I think what his message was, and I always take this with me, is like, at school, you can be taught all these other things. Like, for instance, growing up, nobody ever taught me about Diwali or like Indian, nobody taught me about all of my Indian holidays, but I learned everything and anything, even at public school, about Christmas and Jesus yeah. Christ and all this stuff, right? And it had no, uh, it wasn't a religious school, but it had a lot of implications. And I think the interesting thing was he's like, at home, we'll teach you about what we do, and those are the things that, it's just like that whole idea of like, at school, school isn't enough. You learn a lot yes. more outside of it. But obviously when you're being told certain things about certain religion, I actually find it as more like if you're sending him to Catholic school because that is the best option education-wise and everything-wise, that's great. Let him understand that. Yeah. Let him embrace that for right now and let him actually take that all in. There are different religions out there and, yeah. and there's spirituality and having your own sense of path and like what you identify with is also in its way its own religion. And I think that it's a beautiful thing when people can go to school and learn something and also come back and be like, okay, but now I see where my mom is coming from and like where she, how she, yeah. where she stands. Like I personally think that that's, I don't think that that's harmful in my opinion. So I, I think the thing is, is like you're saying that it is affecting like pretty much how you're functioning. But you are how you're functioning at home. So my suggestion was, um, you know, these kids are only at school eight hours a day. And part of that, you're working, you're not, don't, it's just, or at least getting emotional. No, but here, here's what I want you to hear me out with. You have so much control when you are home with your kiddos. So someone that I follow on Instagram who I love is Ralphie Jacobs. Her Instagram is simply on purpose. And she came up with this really cool thing where you come up with the values that are important to your family. And it's one value a month. So you make a list of your 12 values 
um, that are important to you and your family. And you remember that you create a culture in your home. Like you have so much control as soon as your kiddos walk through those four walls that yes, they're doing the sign of the cross and they're learning all these cool or different things at this school. But like when they're in at the home, you can teach them what's important exactly. to you. And like you have so much power and influence. Like they're never going to love their teacher more than they love you. No, and, and I... I love I love that and what I will say is the majority of the focus there as it pertains to to God is in those values. It's just you, you know, it's about being respectful and being kind and community service and appreciation and love for your family and your friends. It's all the right things. It's not super gnarly Jesus Christ like it is it is more about the morals and so it's all and that's what I'm saying like it's all a good thing it's just there's these it's like there's these little tips of the iceberg like the it's and maybe that's the wrong analogy because it's like the whole iceberg the main Mm -hmm. you know meat of it is everything that aligns with who we are it's just the tips that I have to you know kind of see right at the on the face value that register and make me a little bit I don't know. And again, I don't know if it's just that it's all coupled with this weird time where we talked about early in the episode. I feel like I'm just in a weird transition. It's all coming at that time. Mike's not around to help. It's new stuff for the kids. It's I don't know if it's just all coming at one time, but I do really feel like this is almost like by design for me to learn how can I put them before myself? Because we've talked a lot about, like I'm always like, they're going to be fine. Mm-hmm. I come mm-hmm. first. I take care of myself first. I, of course, I want, I, they are my kids. I, they are always on my mind, but like I can put myself first. I can say, I need a break. I need a bath. I'm putting a show on for you guys because that's what I need right now and you guys are going to be okay. Like I'm always okay with that. Right now, I feel like this is something that like I have to figure out how to put them first because I was telling Mike the thing that I don't want is that whatever is going on with me with this stuff right now, that like it manifests when they're adults and they're having conversations where they're like, my mom always was weird about God. Mm -hmm. Or like, my mom was really weird about like clothes. She was like upset. Like, I don't want Mm -hmm. what is my own little things to register as some kind of like To be their things. Well, what I'm seeing is I also, as your friend, don't want you to feel like an outsider. I mean, there is something really telling about you, like maybe you don't feel this way, but me hearing it from the outside looking in is you might feel like left out. Like this is, it is interesting that, you know, everyone's saying the blessing and the sign of the cross maybe, and they're excited that they memorized it. Yeah. And you're like, not only do I not know that, I don't know what you're saying. I don't know what it means. And you three are like on one page and I'm on this other page. And I think that that's also important. Yeah. Yeah, because like my family's Mm -hmm. here and my family's, you know, like we do, we do stuff for Judaism, like mm-hmm. with my family, because we live here. But like, because I'm not super religious, it's almost like I feel like I can't offer that other balanced side to it. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, so yeah. it's not like, well, like hold on, we're also gonna do it, this at home because like I'm not, I just but you in know general, what? no, 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 Orly, you can, you can. It doesn't need to be religion. Exactly, that's what that's my what thing I'm saying is. about these value things, like yeah. things that are important to mom and things that, um, you know, you want to teach them. I, I, a hundred percent agree with that. Like, I think it's actually I missed a little bit because I was helping the little guy, but um, I think that from what I was taking away and picking up what you guys were talking about, I feel like you might almost feel 
that this goes way deeper than the fact that they just go to Catholic school. It's that it's that you don't have a connection to them aside from obviously being mom, which is huge. But like you were saying, my family isn't here to help me share with them like about Judaism and stuff like that. Or is no, that I mean they mom? are. They are here, and that's what the only time we'll do it is like as a family, and that's why I feel like okay, it's okay because we still get some of that stuff. It's just I don't I. I the reason I like mentioned it even when we were texting last night is I was just saying like I clearly don't have the words to fully express it. It is for whatever reason on all fronts a challenging experience for me. Mm-hmm. I just I think what's also struggling with is it. You've, you've said like I know that there's a reason why I'm experiencing this. Yeah. Like that's a huge takeaway. The fact that you're able to look at something that you're going through yeah. and say Universe, I know that you're putting me in this situation because there's a takeaway here and there's something that I need to learn yeah. from here. And, you know, all of the, you keep saying by design because you're already recognizing that this is a growing pain that you have to go get through. Yeah. I, I mean, it, it, it just has to be because like... Well, I think the other growing pain too with it comes the fact that like Blake, Connor, all of our kids are slowly becoming... They always have been, but are slowly becoming more and more their own people. Yeah. So, like, oh, the fact totally. that, you know, you are sending them to a school that it's teaching a certain religion, and they are in an institution where they're, like, you know, we all have to dress the same. It's something that could affect them and influence them. Yeah. Very, it can be a very impacting time in their lives. So, it's scary because you're, like, I don't agree with this. This really bothers me inside, yet I'm the one that's telling them to go here. I'm yeah. the one who's making this happen. And what if in five years, when we do move or we are able to go to public school or where we are where we want to be, I take them out of that environment and they're actually like, no, I yeah. love this. I love wearing a uniform. Or they're I not, love learning about Catholicism. You know what I mean? Or they're not as resilient. Yeah. You know, like I worry, like it's such a kind, sweet place, which is what you want for your kids. But at the same time, like I also want them to be prepared i want guys there to but be... let's not forget sorry I'm, I'm getting heated my own way you are you as mamas are so responsible for creating agreed the and culture and the value system and like the home like we're we are in charge of our home like this school that he goes to for i don't care eight hours nine hours aftercare that's so small compared to all the moments you have in bed cuddling with him putting on his shoes, getting ready for baseball, in the pool with, yes with him no. on the weekend. Yes and like, no. Because, Brandy, it's the same thing. Like, you'll know. I mean, I, I'm not there yet I'm just either. saying, let's not forget that, like, we are No, we are. Yes, but you don't want to be, like, you don't want to be in, and I don't think I will be, but it's like, I also want to be respectful that I'm not in conflict of what they're learning. Like, Mike, Mike was having a conversation with Connor the other day about there's this kid that Connor feels like he's being kind of, like, teased by, bullied by, whatever. And Mike's, Mike has always been like, you will not get pushed around. You stand up for yourself. Someone steals your ball more than once, you punch him in the face. Like, Mike is like, no, we're not doing that. You need to learn how to stand up for yourself. And I told Mike, I'm like, that can't happen at this school. And he's like, well, if he gets in trouble, I'll go into the office. I'm like, that's the whole part of this school is they don't do that. Like, this is not that kind of place. Like, this is not in line with what you're talking about. So it's like, yes, but also they we have to sign behavior agreements and we have to agree that we will uh, adhere to this way of thinking and behaving and acting. So I can tell Connor, I can create my own environment at home, but I don't want to undermine the experience he's having at school either because Which it is done. Because of you guys. You guys yes, are the ones that are Yes, he's there. Yeah. So, you know what I mean? So it's like, 
Uh, it's not like they're learning awful things at school and I have to rectify it. It's not that at all. They're learning beautiful things it's at different. school. But it's just, I want to make sure that I'm supporting it mm-hmm. so that it's positive while he's there. And it's not like, well, that's not what my mom said. You know, it's like, I want to make sure that it's all very, I like, think kids are going to be who they are supposed to be. They're very heavily influenced and can be impacted by the, their surroundings. I agree with you 100%, Brandy. So much of the work happens outside of school. Yeah. No matter how how institutionalized it is and how long we're at school there's so much of it the learning that actually happens outside of it but which is why I mean this is why it's such a it's such an interesting thing and phase and everything like this whole process of being parents and like going through it we don't really know the takeaway of how much the school is impacting them how much at home is but it is a combination of both so it's you've made a decision collectively to send them to these schools right and regardless of what it teaches them which we know is all good stuff it's all good stuff it's all good stuff they are still going to be the resilient people that they're meant to be, Brandy. Like, I mean, Orly, like, think about it. Like, think about, I have so many friends, and we talk about this all the time, because when we're talking about private and public, I'm like, well, I don't want them to think that, you know, they have to be with 20 kids, and I want them to, like, really understand what it's like to be with all kinds of different kids and diversity and this and that and that. I have so many friends that I have personal case studies of from K through 12 that went to uh, private school and others that went to a not good public school, and they've either on the same level, one is more street smart, one is not, you know, it's like there's so much that yeah. we can take away from it. And honestly, the best that you can, I think personally, is like understand that all of it is again, it's like a balance beam of putting in your own aspects of like raising that child and making them like putting your putting your own thoughts into it mm-hmm. and how you want a child rear, what they're getting from school, which is all good stuff, but like if they're too straight edge for you, Toughen them up a little bit at home, right? But make sure, obviously, the balance is, like, making sure those paths don't, like, it's not, like, oil and water. Well, the whole reason we originally uh, talked about even having this conversation is to try to figure out which of our thoughts on things and views on things or whatever are good to transfer to our kids and which are our own sort of cross to bear, you know, no pun intended. Like, it's like, you know, which of these things are like, okay, I know that this is my thing. This has nothing to do with you. Or you know what? This is something that I learned and I want you to have this as well. And so I think that's like an interesting challenge as they get older, as we start to realize like everyone views things from their own perspective. And so how do we know which ones are our own and which we want to share as part of our family kind of code? Because they're independent thinkers and they'll decide for themselves. And I think what's awesome is that you're actually aware seeing this. Yeah, you're totally aware of this. You're not just projecting your story on them. Yeah. You're understanding that they're their own person. And the last thing that you want to do is interfere with that. And I think yeah. the interesting yeah, thing that's what stresses me out. is that this started with uniforms, right? Like it was something that's you, that can seem so like trivial. Like it's, it's uniform. It's okay. They'll still be their own people. But from that, I think there are so many layers that you're dealing with. Yeah. With the religion aspect, with just being their own people, the way the school kind of is run and like really kind of tight knit, you know? And I think that's really what is so interesting about this is like, you know, you may be listening to the podcast and be like, gosh, we're talking about a uniform process that turned yeah. into this. But I think that's exactly what it is. It's always something so small that can trigger things and feelings that you're having. Yeah. And it's so important, I think, to actually take the time to kind of reflect on them or talk them through because you never know what kind of perspective you're going to gain from yeah. that. Yeah. Because like we're, we're each our own individuals with our own feelings and thoughts about things that came from our experiences and the way that we were raised and all of these things. And so it's like, it is 
as our kids get older and have experiences, we have our own feelings about each one of those experiences. And especially if you're very empathetic, which I am highly empathetic to the point that like, that's why like anytime, like I think it was before you were trying to, you were t- telling a story, not today, but another day about something bad that happened. Mm-hmm. Oh, the cruise ship thing. And I was like, stop it, stop it, stop it, stop oh, it. And yeah. I didn't, cause like I will literally put myself in the shoes and can't get out of it. Cause I'll hysterically cry as though it happened to my daughter. And so I think that like when things happen to our kids or you see an experience or whatever, you feel it yeah. as though it happened to you with all your own story. You know, like I've got my feelings, my yeah. story. So when I see them experiencing something, it's like it's happening to me, but they don't have my story. They have their own story. Mm-hmm. And that's what I'm trying to figure out how to separate well, from. Well, I don't th- I think that's the thing about motherhood, though. Like, I oh, think about it. it. Like, Just it's, F that. It's like when, you know, I would always be like, Mom, <laughs> why are you crying about this? Or why are you being so emotional growing up? And even as small me as like, mom t- would get together today was one fun. of those days where I think we were literally mom life with work, right? Like the yes. girls came over to shoot the podcast. I got call- a call from school saying my son needed to come home. And I went to go pick him up from the nurse's office and I just started bawling because he was crying. He literally waited. He was sitting there at the nurse's office and you could see his face with his little backpack. And as soon as he saw me, he just came into my chest and just started crying. And he had an accident at school and you know, he's six and he's just like, I'm so embarrassed. And I was just like, Oh my God. And yeah. I started crying because I was like, I just felt that for him as being like a first grader in elementary school and 24 of your friends like no, looking at you. And I you can't. know, the nurse was like, he's totally fine. Nobody saw anything. It's a hundred percent, you know, like, but he was so in his, I was so in his feelings and it made me feel like, I mean, calm down because you're the one who needs to kind of like yeah. pull back and be like, dude, it's fine. This stuff happens. And it took me a second and then I did, but it's just crazy because it totally is in, in it could be so small and it could be something really big. I think just with motherhood, that's what we do now. We are they're they're a part of us. It's it sounds so cheesy, and but also, it is. Also, you know, I said this it's I true. think two or three episodes ago, but like things that are just filling your mind and your heart and like your frontal lobe with like oh, Sunny. Oh, do you guys hear a little Sunny? Um, Can I hold him? I feel like he'll make me feel better. Yes. Smell his head. You're a little magical But all baby. the things that you're stressing about now aren't going to be things, you know, maybe next week or the week after that. So, like, it's it's just a growing pain right now. And this is why I love mommy group. This is why I strongly encourage real mommy groups in person because there's nothing like just talking about something, trying to sort it out, getting perspectives from your friends, from other mom- mothers that can relate to you, bouncing off ideas. And maybe you don't figure it out right then and there, but you get to hear what other people think. Someone validates you that, okay, what you're feeling is totally acceptable. Yeah. Uh, and and that's how I feel today. I know. You know, this is a, an interesting episode. I kind of think we, we usually stick with a little bit of a theme, and I think we did today too, but we did go off on some of our own feelings that were just kind of sitting with us. So... You know, hopefully you guys listening found this um, this episode interesting. Um, yeah, and can I just open it up to say that if you have any advice, like, I'm sure anytime, but like to me specifically, I'm saying if you have any advice on this, you've either gone through it or you have thoughts on it, please share them with me. You guys can do it on the Mommy Group Pod Instagram. Share any advice because I'm clearly in like a searching mode for how to kind of deal and cope so that I feel a little more level about it all because I don't want it to all be charged Mm -hmm. I want to feel just relaxed and mellow and good because I know that it's a beautiful school a wonderful place it's just all my own bs that's getting in the way so 
Yeah, but you say that poorly, and a lot of moms, it's the same thing. Like, you, you kind of push it under because you're like, it's just my own BS. I need to get over it. And the best way to get over it, though, is to actually talk sit down it. and talk about it or even listen about it and write about it. So so exactly like Orly said, definitely contribute on the Instagram page or even to our individual pages. Um but, yeah, do you guys think we should go over products this week? Yes, we need something yeah, light. Something light I want to hear what you guys are crushing on for sure. Okay. I'll, I'll, I'll share first. Um, I actually – this is totally beauty-related. Um, but you guys know I <laughs> – surprise, surprise, surprise. Surprise, I love extensions. I think they're one of my favorite things, but it's really hard to find really good ones that are – under a hundred dollars. Oh, yeah, I found some on Amazon. I'm not wearing them right now because oh. it's just not hard because because you're <laughs> Um, but I especially love like really long mermaid waves. Oh my! Can I, I tell that. you guys when I was when I first started dating Mr. A, I went to like a barbecue or something, and all of the wives, Had not all of them, but like three or four, no, ended up telling. Chris, Mr. Amazing, that um, oh my God, her hair, you know, extensions. We liked her extensions, and he's like. I don't think she has extensions. Did you have extensions? I've never had oh, extensions. Oh, we'll see there. I was like, but yeah, he kept saying, "No, hair. I don't think so." And they're yeah. like, "You probably have never felt it. Like they're by the scalp, and like when you go like this." And they were <laughs> Look explaining at those haters. Things. Haters. She's probably never let you see them. I know. And he's like, "I don't." Along think with her so. fake eyelashes and her face, and like she, on. you know, she can't get her hair wet. Anyways, well, when I'm he gonna... told me that he defended me, I was like, "Thank you." I love it. We're getting married. Although I, I want you. extensions, and no one will let me have. You don't need them. Your hair is stunning. My like put extensions is to make my hair look like. Hello. Put a mirror in front of your. Stop. You have so much hair. I but it's shorter because I always have to cut it to make it like healthier. And so, anyways, these extensions, the ones I got were 22 inch. Which, if you guys know anything about extensions, they take the longer they are, and obviously, if they're 100% Remy human hair, they're more expensive. Like I spent $200 on good extensions, and to me, that's a pretty penny. But um, these are $75. They're from Amazon. I actually have a link. Um, or down them. below, it'll be yeah, in the description. But, but I also have a link for a coupon code, so I'll put oh. that for 15% off. So 15% off of that is there. So I also have a review that's going to be going up on my YouTube channel for it, so check that out. But they are good if you guys are in storefroom extensions. Check it out. All right. Sweet. Mine is what all of you have been asking me about for months. Like nonstop, I swear I am constantly sharing this link, so I'm just going to say it again. The scooter. The micro kickboard scooter that little Millie is obsessed with. It's perfect for toddlers. She got it for her second birthday. And I swear she caught on to it within a dozen times. I mean, she really hasn't been on it that often. And she's just killing it on there. What I love is it. it's really been nurturing independence. Like the fact that she thinks she's so cool when she goes around the park and we're not right behind her. We're not holding her hand. We're not pushing her like in a stroller or a tricycle or a balance bike even. We don't have to be that close to her. Um, I don't know. The skills that she is learning on that little scooter is that awesome. That sounds awesome. And, you know, I don't know what other scooters compare to, but this is something that can grow with them. I think from toddler to, like, five years old. Um, it is on Amazon, so you get free shipping. Uh, it's the three-wheeled one. So it's kind of how they learn how to steer on it. There's different colors. Don't do what I did and spend an hour trying to figure out what color you want. They cost the same. I chose black, and then I laughed to myself, why did I take so long to figure out the color? Because um, her helmet is pretty colorful. Uh, but it's so much fun. And, uh, yeah, I think that if anyone has a child between those ages, you're that's, going to be obsessed with it. That sounds amazing. Yeah. If I have my third, I'm investing in that. What do you mean when? I think she has a baby in her belly. I'm just calling it right now. <laughs> Um, okay, mine is actually going to be food related, mm. um, or cooking related rather. Mm. So I, um, I've had it for a while, but I go through phases of like forgetting I own it. 
um, and it's been in a major phase of using it a lot lately. The Instant Pot, it's that like six and one. Oh my one. God, you do so have good. one? Yes, and it is, you know, like it can be a slow cooker, a pressure cooker, just a regular like saute. It can be something that you can take like, as long as you can plug it into an outlet on like road trips, vacations, whatever. Um, I, the other day I had family over to watch the US Open and the football games that were on. And all I did was put in three chicken breasts and like six or seven chicken thighs, salt, pepper, olive oil, and a ton of barbecue sauce and a little bit of Italian dressing, put it on to pressure cook for 13 minutes, took it out, shredded the chicken with two forks. It was so tender that I literally couldn't take the chicken out of the pot without a, break without a scooper because it was just tearing apart. Yum. It made for the best pulled pork, it, pull, I mean pulled chicken sandwiches. The day before, I just threw in a couple of chicken breasts with like green beans and potatoes, a little chicken broth and garlic and some tomato sauce. And it came out as this like amazing like stew that I poured over rice. It's just such an easy thing that you don't need to have like a recipe planned. Like, just ingredients that you're like, that should work, right? I swear, when you press pressure cook, there's like a magician inside that and makes the ingredients work. And it works work. fantastic with frozen too. So yes. just frozen frozen chicken that frozen. you might have, you don't have to thaw it out. You put the frozen chicken inside. It 100%. works amazing. And they've got different sizes. The one that I have, I think, is the six quart. Um, and it's like 70 bucks. I mean, it's not an expensive appliance, um, but it is really, really great and totally foolproof and just great for anyone that's busy. Um, because it, I mean, dinner is on the table in like 20 minutes. What I also like about the Instant Pot, which I don't have, but I've been meaning to Ooh, get yeah. one. I feel like I don't have a lot of counter space, but I love a good crock pot. But if I leave the house and don't do it before I leave, yeah. you're donezo. I mean, that's what I love about the Instant Pot is something that takes usually eight or nine hours. Totally takes 13 minutes, so you're inspiring me. Yeah, it's crazy, um, and there are one million cool blogs dedicated just to yeah. Instant Pot recipes, so if you have, like, I'll literally type in, like, chicken, mushrooms, Instant Pot, because, like, that's what's in my fridge, and there'll be, like, 30 recipes that come up of, like, a delicious chicken mushroom dish um, that I'm like, oh, that's cool, I've never made that before, so highly recommend it, super easy. Totally they have books proof. on them too, like so many. Oh, yeah. I mean, everything. A Pinterest, you can just go on and get on it. Absolutely. I love that one. Cool. All right, guys. Thanks All for right. letting me cry again. I think this is episode 20 <laughs> out of 23 that I've cried on. So we're doing great. Also, love guys, it. do not forget about our Instagram. We are really trying to grow the community there. There's a lot of engagement um, in our captions. We are answering your DMs. So follow us at my... I almost said micro kickboard. That's the scooter. <laughs> Microkickboardpod.com. <laughs> At mommy group pod. And then you'll find all of our individual Instagram handles and Facebooks uh, in the description. Love you guys. Bye, Peace guys. Out.